like to take a moment and invite uh, each of you who are visiting today, I want to invite you to come on back next week, would you? That would be great. And here's why I want you to come back next week, because next week we're going to start a two-part series, a two-part message series on answering this question. And the question is, why is life so hard? Okay? Why is life so hard? And this is a question that rings across the centuries uh, through every generation. And all of us ask this question sooner or later. I mean, if you, if you haven't answered, asked it yet, you will, okay? And so we want to ask this question. Is there an answer to this age-old question? I mean, why is life so hard? Are there answers? Well, yes, there are answers. But to get the answers, you got to come back, okay? So, in the next two weeks, we're starting a new series, and it's called, Why is Life So Hard? As you entered this morning, each of you received a party hat, okay? And no doubt you're wondering, what is going on, okay? There's a point. There's a point to the hat. No pun intended. Are you with me? Okay. There is a point. And I will explain the reason for the hats uh, a little bit later into the message. Okay? So you're going to have to hang in there with me. Well, this morning we celebrate the resurrection. And Jesus is truly alive. He has risen. Uh, the passage of the Bible that I want to uh, spend some time looking at with you this morning is the passage found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And so you're welcome to, if you have a copy of God's Word with you, the Bible, or your phone, you're welcome to open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to be looking at verses 12 through 19 this morning. This passage will be shown for you on the screen, so you can follow along, and I'll read that for you. And we're talking about the resurrection, of course. 1 Corinthians 15, we begin in verse 12. Follow along, and I'll just read it for us. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, We are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. Well, one of the conclusions that uh, you should come away with as you've listened to this particular passage be read, or as you have read it yourself, uh, one of the conclusions is this, is that the resurrection is essential to our Christian faith. It's essential. Now, you might get away with eliminating the story of Jesus walking on the water. 
And you might be able to erase the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. But when it comes to the resurrection, there is no fudging. There are no cutting corners. The resurrection is indispensable to your Christian faith. Indispensable. For argument's sake, let's just say that the resurrection is not essential. Let's propose that the resurrection is not that big of a deal. Now, if that is our proposition, if that's going to be our argument, then let's ask, what are the ramifications if there is no resurrection? If we can do without the resurrection, well, then what will the consequences be? Believe me, there are consequences. And they're very detrimental. And they're detrimental to you. Our Bible passage this morning here in 1 Corinthians 15 lists five detrimental consequences that will occur in your life. Let's take a look at them. Five of them. Here's number one. Here's the first consequence that results if there is no resurrection. If there's no resurrection, number one is this. Your faith is useless. That's found in verse 14. Your faith is useless. Now, the word that is translated useless means empty or even powerless. If there's no resurrection, your faith is powerless. If there's no resurrection... Your faith has no substance. This morning as you came in, another gift that was given to you was an Easter egg. And within that Easter egg, of course, when you cracked it open, was a piece of, help me out, candy. Now, wouldn't that be a mean trick to give you the Easter egg? And you crack it open and there's nothing in there, right? That's no fun. Hey, if Jesus did not come back to life, your faith is nothing but an empty Easter egg, okay? Nothing in there. No benefit, nothing. Nothing there for you. There's an author who's written many books. His name is Timothy Keller. And here's what he says. Take a look at his quote. It says this, It is not the strength of your faith, but the object of your faith that actually saves you. Okay? A lot of times we get caught up in this idea, if I just had more faith... You don't need to have more faith. The Bible says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, uh, which is just dinky, you could move mountains. So it's not the amount of faith. Your faith is valid because of what your faith is in. The object of your faith determines the value of your faith. If there's no resurrection, then your faith has no power, no substance It is empty because Jesus is dead. Here's number two. Here's the consequence number two that results if there is no resurrection. If there is no resurrection, then you are a liar. Let's revisit verse 15. Take a look at it. The author here uh, is writing about himself as well as other teachers and uh, pastors, if you will. And here's what it says. He says, 
More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. So in that verse, this particular author says we'd be false witnesses. To paraphrase what the author has said here, he's basically saying this. He says, if there's no resurrection, then I've been lying to you. Okay? If there's no resurrection, hey, I'm lying to you this morning. I'm a liar, liar, pants on fire, okay? If Jesus did not come back to life, I'm sharing with you a bunch of bogus information. Now, I'm not the only liar in here this morning. You, too, are a liar, okay? And you may be wondering, okay, why do you say that? How do you figure? Well, your presence here this morning is a testimony that you believe in something. Your testimony here this morning, the fact that you are present, indicates that, yeah, I I believe in this uh, resurrection idea. However, if the resurrection did not occur, why are you here? Why are you trying to tell me to believe in this resurrection if it didn't occur? Because you're just lying to me. What we got going here in the business world is we got false advertisement going on. The fact that you're here, it's false advertisement. If Jesus never came back to life. Or we could say, this is more popular in the religious circles. You're a hypocrite. That's what we say. Believe in one thing and doing something else. A hypocrite. So, you too are a liar. And that's what results if Jesus did not come back to life. Let's go on to number three. If there's no resurrection, then you remain a sinner. That's in verse 17. You remain a sinner. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. If there is no resurrection, then there's no forgiveness of sin. There's no forgiveness of sin. And the reason for that, it's very simple. A dead man can't forgive you. A dead man can't lift your burdens. A dead man can't remove your guilt. A dead man can't give you any kind of hope. If there is no resurrection, your sins are your problem. Number four. If there is no resurrection, your loved one is dead. So it says there in verse 18. Then those who have fallen asleep, in other words, those who have passed away, left our world, they are lost. There's no hope. There's nothing for them. You know, deep inside of each of us, there is a longing for an afterlife. None of us wants the grave to be the final place where we just dissolve and become worm food. I mean, that's none of us wants that. There's, there's built within us this desire for, for more. You know, no one wants death to end all things. However, if there's no resurrection... then death is final. And death is 
the victor, the winner. Number five. This is our last consequence that is listed for us in 1 Corinthians 15. We're looking at verse 19. And here's what the verse says. Follow along as I read it for you. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. To paraphrase, that verse is telling us, we are fools. You know, verse 19 sounds like uh, something Mr. T might say. Remember Mr. T? Uh, What is Mr. T's trademark slogan? You got it, you got it. Pity the fool. Okay? Well, that's what verse 19 is saying. I pity the fool. We're all fools if there's no resurrection. We're fools. You know, we haven't talked about the party hats yet, right? And some of you have probably deduced that the resurrection is a time of celebration, so the hats are for celebrating, right? That's what you're thinking. And you're, you're partly right. I want you to participate here this morning, okay? And here's what we're going to do. Some of you are going, oh, no. But you got to do it because you'll do it for your kids, okay? All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to participate. We need to put on the party hat, okay? You can hold it there if you want to. You don't have to stick the old string under the chin. If you do stick the sting, string under the chin, don't let go and snap it, okay? All right. I know this is awkward, but you can do it. Come on, be brave. If we're going to be fools, we're all going to be fools, okay? All right. So, this is something to celebrate, the resurrection. This, this is a party. Now, here, listen up. Here's where I need you. If there is no resurrection, guess what these hats become? May I hear it? Okay, you see it? Okay. We become the fool. All right, that's what happens. We become the fool, and that's what Scripture says. We are fools. You can take it off. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. You can play with them when you get home, okay? We become the fool. I pity the fool, okay? Now, that's if, that was our proposition, What if there is no resurrection? Well, here's the truth of the matter. And you know this. There is a resurrection. Jesus Christ did come back to life. And he lives and he reigns forever and ever. And one day we'll be with him. And so since there is a resurrection, your faith is valuable and full of power. Because of the resurrection... You're not a liar. Because of the resurrection, you are definitely not a sinner. I should say, well, we're not perfect. But sin is forgiven, okay? Sin can be forgiven because of the resurrection. Also, because of the resurrection, 
you will one day see your loved one. Death, the grave, does not become the permanent resting place. And because of the resurrection, we are not fools. We're not fools. Because of the resurrection, we have hope. We have a future. I'm lying. I made a, I made a blanket statement here. I said we all have a future because of the resurrection. I kind of lied there a little bit. Because of the resurrection, everybody does have, they do have the potential of enjoying life forever and ever in the presence of Jesus. But here's the catch. Only those individuals who have come to the place in their life where they recognize, I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. The individual who understands that, you know, there is nothing good within me. I mess up. I'm a horrible sinner. And I need forgiveness. And when you recognize that only Jesus Christ can offer forgiveness, and when you come to that point saying, hey, I've had it. I'm trusting you, Jesus, for my eternal life. My confidence, my hope is all in you. I'm putting all my eggs in the basket of Jesus Christ. It's that individual who has that attitude, who have made that statement or taken that step of faith. That's the individual where the resurrection means power, means forgiveness, means truth, means life forever and ever. Let me ask you before we depart this morning. Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? If so, the resurrection is a time to celebrate. But if you have not, I don't have anything good to say for you. I really don't. But here's the good news. That can change. That can change. So if you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you've never really crossed that line and put all your Easter eggs, if you will, into the basket, which is Jesus Christ, trusting Him alone, if you have not done that, let's take care of that this morning, okay? Let's take care of that this morning. Let's bow our heads, everybody. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes as well. And I'm going to say a prayer. It's not a magical prayer. Nothing fancy about this prayer. But I would like you to repeat the words quietly to yourself as if you are telling Jesus your decision at this time. So repeat these words quietly after me. And you're talking to Jesus at this time because you want to cross the line and experience what the resurrection has to offer. So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming back to life. Since you live, I too can live. But I realize, first of all, Jesus, I got to get myself out of the way. I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't be perfect. 
But Jesus, I know you're perfect, and you have promised that if I will put my faith, my trust in you alone, I will experience life eternal. So Jesus, at this time, I cross the line. I place all my faith in what you have done for me, trusting you alone for my salvation. And I do that at this time. Thank you for accepting me unconditionally, no matter what. And I receive your gift of eternal life. Now here's something I want you to do. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your heads bowed. I want you to respond. Those of you this morning who have crossed that line, today is your day that you're experiencing the resurrection as a follower of Jesus Christ. Would you just slip up your hand? Would you do that for me this morning? Good, good. Thank you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I know there are some individuals when I've seen their hands, they've gone up. They've crossed the line. They're saying, Lord, I'm trusting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. May your resurrection, the hope, the joy, the forgiveness, the love that it guarantees, may they experience that to its fullest today as they celebrate Easter. And for those of us, Father, who have placed our faith and trust in you, maybe years ago, whenever, thank you that nothing can take it away. Thank you for all that you've done for us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All righty. Thank you.